Hello and welcome to episode 173 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. I'm Anthony Malakian, editor of Waters Technology, and today I am joined by Giles Nelson, the Chief Technology Officer of Financial Services at Mark Logic. Giles, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, pleased to be here, Tony. So today we're going to have, uh, we're going to go, we're going to touch on a few different areas. We're going to look at um, cloud adoption, data management data management strategies. Uh, we're going to look at some various various other topics from, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, Hadoop, whether it's machine learning. We're going to kind of touch on a few different things. But before we get there, MarkLogic is about two decades old, as I understand, and it develops and provides an enterprise NoSQL database. That's the generic version of it. Giles, why don't you tell us just a little bit about the company itself and what it is that you do there? Um, you're right, Tony. MarkLogic has been going for a little while now. And at the core of what we do is, as you say, a NoSQL database. But MarkLogic is a lot more than that. Uh, we have uh, we specialize in security, managing data lineage, um, and we enable at uh, its heart organizations with lots of different silos of information to be able to bring those together and to integrate them so they can get a 360 view of all their data within their enterprise and that can be done on premise it can be deployed in a cloud-based environment and we also offer a managed service to do that now as well yeah fair enough and so i guess to start off with this is you know something that we kind of hit on in the uh pre-conversation call but I like this idea, and I want to kind of delve a little bit into it. But in it, you we, we talked a little bit about you know conventional approaches to managing data are stuck in the nineteen seventies. <laughs> Why don't you tell me a little bit about what your thinking is there, and what do you mean by that? Yeah. Uh, so uh, let let's think about for them that for the moment. So we're talking about an era, um, at least. 40 years ago, that's what I'm referring to. And one particular date that I have in mind is the foundation of Oracle, mm-hmm. um, that well-known database company, generally speaking, um, selling relational technology. And that all came about because there was some academic work, um, Boyce Cod Normal Form, a famous paper in the early 70s, which described how how to model data um, using uh, tabular form, how, and that really led to the rise of the relational database, which really rewired the way that we deal with data and move things on from the mainframe of the 1960s. But when you think um, about the fact that the vast majority of data today is still modeled using relational, it's been fantastically successful. But my point really about um, us being still in 2019, somewhat stuck in the 1970s, is that um, those relational systems, although skills are... Um, very prevalent, although it's a very mature model, when it comes to dealing with modern data, and what I mean by that is the heterogeneous nature of it, structured, unstructured. When you're dealing with the amounts of data, um, 
then they're not really that fit for purpose. And I tell you why. So when the that model was first come up with the relational model, when companies such as Oracle was founded, the computer resources available at the time, we're talking even in high-end computers, kilohertz in terms of CPU power, and kilobytes in terms of memory. So all the design criteria were around using those really minimal resources highly effectively, as best as you could. And those design criteria have kind of gone away now. And it would be a bit of a push to say we've got infinite resources, but my goodness, um, 35, 40 years later, we've got what would be seen by then sure. as infinite resources. So therefore, my, my, my point about that really is that we're stuck in the 1970s is that still a lot of our thinking around the way that we deal with data, the way that we model data is actually based upon some design criteria which don't exist in the modern world. And therefore, we should think differently about data and start embracing different ways of, of handling it. It's such, a, it's such an interesting conversation because I think if you say that to anybody, they would be 100%. They would completely agree with everything you're saying. At the largest banks, at the largest asset managers, 100%, they'd be like, we totally agree with it. Now we have to put a plan in place because I, I think about it on disaster. My my dad, he worked in database uh, building, you know, for you know for forty years. He's now retired, living in Carolina. But he was one of the first. Uh, he was working with uh, Equitable, and they were one of the first clients of SunGuard back in the seventies. Mm. By the time he left, he was trying to drag and explain why you have to. Exp- Spend more. Spend more. There are new technologies in this in this area of disaster recovery now mm. than there were in the seventies. That conversation, everybody agrees with it, but then the, loosen up the purse strings. What are the greatest challenges? I guess as firms that realize that their legacy systems are starting to get stale. Yeah, that some of their strategies are starting to get stale. How do they break that cycle? Where do you kind of find them going wrong? What would be your advice for kind of changing that course beyond saying, hey, listen, let's just throw some money at it? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Uh, absolutely. Well, um, I I think, you know, as we, uh, it's a cliche perhaps, but I think it's real uh, that when you look at terms like digital transformation, digitization, the perhaps the dataization, dare I use uh, a term like that, <laughs> of business. everything. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's right. So the dataization. So firms becoming more and more, uh, res- more and more focused upon how they use the vast data resources that they do, whether it's operational data, whether it's more business intelligence information about their customers, about the market itself, etc., and how they use that to scale the products that they offer, uh, the way that they interact with customers, whatever it happens to be, that is becoming a crucial, uh, a core uh, part of 
technology strategy, in fact, business strategies pretty much across the uh, industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, we would generally say that buy side firms have been a bit slower to adopt sure. technology than sell side. But I can tell you that uh, despite um, margins being better and business generally being a bit better on the buy side at the moment than than in global markets, um, organizations are looking at how we can become more data-driven. So that's that's the backdrop to this. How do we make better use of our data? Um, And I I think where data is becoming a real strategic focus, it's we're moving away from, well, we need to store this data purely for operational reasons because it's part of a process and we need to ensure that it's reliable and, uh, and so on and so forth. And yes, those operational systems are still very important, but also the data analytical systems are becoming just as important as well. And we're seeing a bit of the move, a move in the market towards those coming together you look at what analyst firms such as you know the Gartners of this world and so on are saying about the market those two things are coming together um, and again I come back to the point I, that I made earlier um, around um, how organizations can use this plethora of data unstructured structured data and and start doing something with it start getting value from it um, and I guess in terms of a strategy, how do we, how do firms move to that? How do they start embracing more modern, less 1970s, mm-hmm. ways of handling data and the technologies um, traditionally used to support that? And I think number one, what you can't do, and certainly what a firm like MarkLogic us can say is, right, you need to, you need to rip this out. You need to start again. The old rip that that cannot work. Yeah. That cannot work. Absolutely not. Some of these systems, there's a lot of um, uh, they're very valuable. A lot of investment has gone to them. That that's not a credible thing to say. But uh, and and where I think then the you know and something that we say to organisations and and they they I think receive fairly well is to say okay, you have as any organization over a certain size data in these these systems some of those are operational some of those are analytical systems you might have an unstructured document store somewhere and you might want to gain an aggregated view of that but you don't want to intrusively touch any of these systems you want to leave them alone because they're working perfectly well today so how to Gain that, call it a 360 view of your data. You build what we would term, and what the many others in the industry would term, a data hub. Mm-hmm. So integrate your data into this hub. Allow it to take in data of different types, shapes, and sizes. Have the flexibility of data model to be able to do that. And I think also... Um, and when I talk about data data modeling here, um, now the, the the world generally um, in terms of development has moved from waterfall to agile. Sure. And um, one thing that 
is difficult when you're building a data hub, when you're trying to get that overall view of your data is, one place that firms get stuck on is, all oh, right, now, if I, if I need to integrate the, all these different models that exist in all these other systems, generally speaking, using relational, you've got that, those normal forms, you've got those tables, you need to build an Uber model, which can take all this data in. And also, you've got to think about how you're going to use that data in the future, what applications are going to need. And that can be really tough. I've come across firms that have spent 18 months, two years, building this Uber model before they've done anything with the data itself. (laughs) And they've kind of given up at the end because it's so hard. Well, the people that started the project have already left the company. Oh, oh my God, or or retired, or retired. (laughs) So so the, the thinking, the agile thinking when it comes to data modeling and doing something with your data, I think is a really important principle. So, you know, when you're thinking about a data hub, bringing all these different types of data in, doing something interesting with that data, really going forward on a whole digitization strategy, then think in an agile way. Think about what can you do today in the next, say, six weeks, what value you could get, what's something that you could give a business unit um, that wants data of a certain type, um, get your data in, start manipulating it, go on from there. And you don't have to be now stuck with this scenario where you have to do all of that upfront modeling. So I think it's... There's a lot of pressure, though, to do that upfront modeling, Well, yeah, right? but you, you don't need to. And this is, this is Tony, some of the, 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 the thinking then um, and the, the shift in thinking that, that people can go through to say you don't need to do all that. You can use a more agile, iterative approach to the way that you use your data. And that means you can get results quicker. It's less risky. You can prove to, might well be the people that are paying for the budget, um, that you can actually deliver something. And it's a much more successful, less risky, less stressful approach to getting some results from a data-driven strategy. The other thing, so this kind of jumps me to a question a little bit down uh, the list, but the idea around a data warehouse. Mm. When I first came into, you know, I started covering the industry 10 years ago, there were many, many players in the market of data warehouse. Now, with the proliferation of both public cloud providers and then SaaS tools, you know, uh, software as a service, delivered tools, platform as a service, delivered tools. That idea of a data warehouse, mm. is it a dead concept? Is it an evolved concept? How do you view what the need is there around data management, having that centralized pool of data, mm. and not just saying, all right, let's have our data lake that we throw all of our data into per se. I, I don't know. How do you kind of view that, yeah. that centralized um, model? Yeah, we, 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 we like all these terms, don't we, as an industry? You know, the database, the data warehouse, the data lake, et cetera, et cetera. Is and, it all the same thing? It just, well, we just changed the name for marketing. <laughs> well, I think, it's, I think it's more than that. I think it's more about vendors and others trying to create new markets. Sure. Um, I think it's more 
it's more than just neologism, you know, the love of the new and so on that we as an industry really like. Um, but I think these things are built up. And I also, I always think there is something to them. Was there something to the data warehouse, let's say 15 years ago? Absolutely. There was something different conceptually. It was about all your data. It wasn't about an operational system. It was about more about reporting. Um, it was more about analytics, and that's not something. And it was to your point where the technology was at that point too. Yes, right. Uh, yes, you, you couldn't have you both. Before, yeah. yeah, you couldn't yeah. have both in one system. Your operational systems had to be uh, separate because you didn't want to touch them. You certainly yeah. didn't want somebody running some um, some big query on those that would upset um, uh, your, your 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 operations. So. Um, you know, I think the data warehouse was certainly a valid concept, and in some respects it still is today. But what happens is that these things start getting und- undermined, if you like. The walls start breaking down. Yeah. Um, and similarly, we've seen that with perhaps the data lake concept, you know, a bit like the data warehouse but more unstructured. Let's Everybody just throw everything data, in. Yeah. Let's just throw everything into this data lake and we'll kind of worry afterwards about what we're going to do with it, whatever that is. Um, and, you know, that there's, it's, almost a, it's, it's almost a rhetorical um, path to go down. You know, let's, let's go to some extreme scenario and let's do something and let's see what I like happens. I to compare it to, uh, it's, it's kind of like in the AI field of, you know, everybody talks about, oh, AI, I love AI. And then they end up falling back to robotic pro- bots. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, those are nice. And there, there is use cases for it, but you end up creating a whole different world of challenges that you didn't anticipate when you first started it, out. Same yes. thing with a data lake, I kind of feel like on a data management perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think I think you're right in that, you know, in, a, in in some ways, they're useful things to create a challenge for yourself and for an organization that this is the way that we need to go. But actually, the way that you use these systems, whether it's AI or data management or, you know, whatever, often the use cases are pretty banal. You know, it's yeah. the everyday stuff that it's it's the, you know, 80-20 or 90-10 rule probably applies here. And then you get a few organizations and a few use cases that are really pushing the boundaries and doing exotic stuff. Yeah. Um, and gradually, the whole industry moves to mainstream. Those those exotic use cases become more mainstream. So the idea now, then, of an organization um, being data-driven, being using data insights into the way that they might uh, personalize the, uh, the, the interaction with a customer or the bespoke product, the purely digital product that might be offered. I mean, that's just, that's a mainstream scenario. Um, But going back, say, 10 years, that was pretty exotic. How can we use data, perhaps in a data warehouse, to analyze uh, patterns of behavior to segment down to a, um, uh, down to the individual, and then offer up something personalized to uh, that 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 individual. Uh, so those those ideas have gone mainstream, and I think then you know coming back to your 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 question about data warehousing, and you mentioned data lakes as well. Um, you know, I think a- again this distinction mm-hmm. between the analytical and the operational is breaking down, and that is in somewhat I think due to 
um, the the increasing adoption, mm-hmm. although it's pretty early stage actually for most mainstream yeah. firms of cloud technology, which is elastic, where you can dynamically uh, provide more memory, more processing power, then some of the requirements for an operational system with a fairly constant load just to be away in a corner somewhere, untouched, because it's too risky, those kind of requirements are moving away. And also, the way that organizations interact and the expectation that consumers and business customers have with using, let's say, apps on the go, I mean, we take it for granted now that real-time interaction Well, of course, that's going to be available. Why would we do anything in a batch-orientated way? When I do something, I want to see the effect of it immediately. So you can't then offload a day's worth of data to a data warehouse to then run the analytics to identify that an individual needs to be sent some additional information. That whole thing needs to be done in real time where you can. So those, those, those barriers have broken down, I think, because of cloud, because of you're not needing to shift these systems apart and also rising expectations in that the analytical workloads that might have been done elsewhere on a data warehouse or a data lake, actually, you need to do those in real time along with your operational uh, transactions. I think, and Giles, what sparks in my head is I, I really think that part of it is the media and certainly us included is everybody wants to read about that next interesting thing. Here are mm. the, the really cutting-edge use cases of cloud, of machine learning, of blockchain, of quantum computing, whatever it is. Those stories, quite frankly, are going to get the most, you know, mo- most of our readers are going to want to read that. We're not chasing mm. after, we're subscription-based, you know, we have a hefty subscription, so we're not chasing after clicks per se, but we want to make sure that the people that subscribe to us are getting what they want. And so we kind of look at it and they say, God, these are the most read stories. Let's make sure that we keep on chasing after those. And with what you were saying, what it kind of jogged in my head is we often forget because we all want to be a step ahead. Everybody wants to be a step ahead. And they want to be able to read about, all right, this company is doing this cutting edge thing with that. How mm. can I think about that so I can take that into a meeting mm. You know, when I talk to my business partners, my go to the board, whatever it is, talk to my team, my, my technology team, whatever it is, you can have that idea is they're doing this, this might be good for us. But so often it is just still simple little things. It's small little steps that are being made, improvements here and there that nobody really wants to, you know, talk about, you know, because it, yeah, it's, it's what we should be doing. It's what should happen. But I feel like in technology and in the conversations around technology, that often so often gets lost in the that these that these are very good progressions that are being made inside of a firm, but it's not that groundbreaking thing that everybody wants. Is that or am I overstepping there? Do you think? Uh, well, I, I I think it's this notion of uh, overestimated in the short term and underestimated in the long term. If you look at any any tech trend, you know it can be data and analytics, it be cloud computing, it could be distributed ledger, it could be AI. They're all big things, and we we love the hype. 
uh, as an industry, and we love talking about machine learning and AI and the cool things you can you can do with it, and the and the uh, uh, and all the consequences of that. And then, um, you know, as that hype kind of dies down, we start getting real use cases emerging um, and really interesting ones. And they're ones that actually become real productivities created through them. Sure. And I would say that um, the, the, whole, the whole data landscape um, is one where I think if you look at I mentioned AI and um, um, distributed ledgers. Uh, well, like yeah, that, distributed so ledgers and and, and and cloud. Yeah. Um, you know, data data is really absolutely key. Uh, I would say the most important one to though to the to the industry from a technology perspective. How does an organization get hold of its data and really use it to save money, make more money, and keep themselves out of jail? And how do they do that in a way which, um, as I said before, doesn't involve massive, long modeling projects? You can get value quickly. And also um, doesn't involve producing a whole load of complexity. Um, and, you know, I think, I think in some respects um, you talked about uh, Hadoop and uh, you you mentioned that. I do and want I, to finish on that. Okay, and and I I th- I think in some respects that kind of hype around that, um, you know, we've got past it. I think probably thank goodness, and in some respects, I think it's it's held the industry back a bit. Um, it's actually maybe put two well, let's go, let's two years between what could have been and where this we was, are. Actually, this was going to be where I was going to look to finish off, and mm. you know, so I think this is a good area for us to kind of round out on. So, in the area around Hadoop and Hadoop usage, and my God, am I so far out of my field on this, but I will parrot some of the things that I've read online. Um, if you're going to go with the Gartner life hype cycle, uh, life hype cycle, whatever yeah. it is, um, there was the trough of disillusionment, but now people feel like it's more on the plateau of just here's the usage, and now we're done with why is that an important piece? Why, why is it important to get to there? Because Hadoop is something that I hear thrown around a lot, though I truly can't tell you why it's important to my mm. readers. Mm. And that, that's a failing on my part. But I, everybody likes that word. But where are we, what, what's that next stage? Mm. What, where, what, why did this hold us back for so long, especially when people can't fully put their hands around what this meant as we were going through it. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I, I, I think the number one uh, or the first thing to say about this is that Hadoop and related technologies are an example of one of the most influential technology tra- trends, if not the most influential over the last 20 years. It even goes back more than 20 years, actually. And that's open source. What a remarkable phenomenon yeah. that is. Quite remarkable. Software for free, ostensibly, in any case. Amazing. Um, and I remember in the early days of my career spending plenty of time 
downloading Linux, putting it on floppy drives. Remember those? I do. And then installing it on a computer. Back in the day, but yeah, a free operating system. Quite extraordinary. Quite extraordinary. So that's had a massive influence on our industry. And for those, um, and often then, the the Apache. uh, ecosystem has been enormously powerful and very important, but often, and and this is my this is my beef with the Hadoop and related technologies. I guess that um, we're at a position now. I think where those technologies have found their space in the market. We understand now for certain types of analytical workload for certain types of data. They're great technologies to use. Um, But you go back maybe three, four years, and the attitude was, my God, this is going to replace all data management technologies. We're going to be doing all of our data workloads through these technologies. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. So an awful lot of investment went into building data lakes Mm -hmm. and operational systems even that use these technologies and what, what resulted in that was that a great deal of effort went into often systems that ended up not being used. And, you know, you think about um, these technologies, very technic- technologically orientated, very developer orientated. So you need to build an awful lot of... N- um, an awful lot of IP within your own organization to get those technologies um, built and get a, 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 a usable system from it. You also need to put a lot of effort into getting these related technologies to work together. Yeah, if you want to store data, that's great. But if you want to start processing it, if you want to distribute it on a message bus, if you want to search it, you need to integrate these technologies together. That task is a large one. And when you're doing that as a firm, and when you've got often a small army of developers beavering away, uh, perhaps productively, you're putting an awful lot of onus uh, on those individuals. If they leave, they move on, they go to different projects, a lot of that IP disappears with them, however well you document it. And I know of firms that have spent two years building Hadoop and ecosystem projects. They haven't found anybody to use them yet. No one to or use them Or if they use yet. it, they're not being used in the, the manner that the expense, the Ab- original expense was worthwhile. They're Abs- using it, but it's not this, they, they didn't have to go through that whole long, and you find that with blockchain too, is that... E- Firms that really thought this was going to be revolutionary, change everything, they put all this expense into it, and then it's like, actually, did we really have to go through this painful process? I don't think I had to. There was better ways of going about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, we, we, we do this perhaps in our lives generally. We've, we've got to give things a shot. Yeah. You can't say, well, I'm going to be so risk-averse, I'm never going to try anything new, because that's crazy. Um, but, um, yeah, certainly the 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 starting sometimes the promise of this is a revolution and this is going to clear out a whole load of legacy technology that hasn't been fulfilled and perhaps that's 
to, to be expected. Um, and, w- and when you come down to, th- you know, how do you manage security within a Hadoop and Apache ecosystem? Okay, you can do it, but my God, it's a hell of a task. Joe, let me, let's end on this then. Because to that point that we just kind of talked about, but you'll never get fired for hiring Oracle, for hiring IBM. You'll never get fired for that, though trying some of these cutting edge things. Well, that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? <laughs> He's shaking his head right now. He, yeah, I don't know he if didn't I agree. completely agree with that. But um, there is that saying that exists. Absolutely. That you, you don't get fired for hiring one of them. Let's round it out with just why you think that firms need to both be in, innovative and think outside the box, but also need to be not just chase after this shiny new object. Yeah, I think a bit of chasing after the shiny new object in uh, in an exploratory way is absolutely to be applauded, and any organisation should do that. Um, so I, I come I come back really to the point about um, you know we talked about the nineteen seventies, mm-hmm. a, a time of course I was born in the nineteen seventies, so, so a, a glorious time. Yeah. Well, there we are then, a glorious time. Um, but things have changed a lot, and. Um, we, I, I think there is the opportunity for data management professionals to kind of tr- move on a little bit from, from the collective thinking in the industry um, and realize actually that some of the things that perhaps organizations were looking to, to do with Hadoop and other, uh, uh, other tech related technologies can be done elsewhere you know no sequel is is i would say part of that trend towards doing data management differently and i think as well that um the uh, an agile approach to the way that data's handled um that can help with let's try something out let's be innovative but we don't need to take too much risk because we're leaving all our systems in place. We're doing something new, something that can be delivered in months, not years, and we can actually prove some value. And I think that the whole agile, um, the whole agile movement, which has changed so much in the way that firms develop software, they release it, and so on, we need to apply those principles to the way that we do data as well. Mm-hmm. Giles, this is a fascinating conversation. Um, MarkLogic.com is where they can find yes, indeed. the company itself. But I appreciate you coming on. This was uh, good stuff, and I uh, hope to have you on again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, thank you.